Hello, everyone. You're listening to Say No to Tyranny, CES, the barbecue podcast on Cruciform's Fill the Earth Network, a network that seeks to flood the earth with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Uh, that's out of Habakkuk 2.14. Um, how is everyone doing today? Um, it's been a little bit since I've been uh, on a podcast. Um, it's good to be back, and thank you for listening. Um, we can now be found on iTunes. Um, please follow us, subscribe. Um, this podcast is all about glorifying God in all areas of life. Christ is king and ruling over every square inch of the earth. Hence, all of Christ for all of life. Um, so today we're going to talk about a word, one word. It's a four-letter word, but it's a powerful, devastating, can be, crippling bring us to our knees kind of word. And that word is fear. So, you know, the Bible's clear on one thing for sure. And that is that we are, well, the Bible's clear on a lot of things. But I guess what I was trying to say is, I think worship and fear can go hand in hand with each other. And what I mean by that is, we are all created in the image of God. We were, we are, we're image bearers of God. Whether you believe or not, the Bible teaches that we are made in His image. And when we are made in His image, there are certain things that human beings do, and we cannot help but to do it. And one of those things is worship, right? So, we're, we are created to worship. Now, the question is, is what do we worship? All right. We're created to worship God and God alone. However, you know, um, we, even as Christians, I'm going to speak to, to, um, Christians because that's what, you know, this podcast is really geared towards. Um, if you are not a Christian and you're listening to this, uh, you're more than welcome. Uh, you can you can learn some things here, and you can uh, definitely, hopefully, the the spirit will move in you to bring you to a saving faith and to where you start worshiping correctly. So, having said that, we as Christians are made to worship, and clearly, none of us are perfect in our worship. Um, we're we're, we're, we're not there yet, right? We, we are being sanctified. We're becoming more and more like Christ, but yet we still carry this flesh um, on us. We are, we are still in the flesh, and therefore it brings forth temptations to, to worship other things. All right? So, like, when you think about worshiping other things, um, it could be a lot of things, you know? I, I, we always hear, like, money. You can't serve two masters, you either serve, you either love God or love money, right? You can't serve both, but you can have money. It's just you worship God with your money. But whenever you start worshiping your money, whenever you think your money is God, and you start living and making decisions because you're worshiping your money, then that has proven out to be that your money is your God. Um, that's one example. 
Um, another one is uh, on worshiping. It's anything. So like John Calvin says that our hearts are an idol factory. We are constantly making idols in our lives and we are worshiping them. And if we don't keep our records of wrong or our, our list of sins short and repenting daily for our misplaced worship, idols grow in our life and we start serving our idols rather than serving Christ. Um, so worship is one of those things where we all do it, everybody does it, but it really matters on what you're worshiping, okay? Um, when you worship God, then our worship is pure, and, when, and, and then we're worshiping correctly. So another word or, or thing that we all deal with um, is fear. So you can almost take worship and fear, and they're not the same thing. Don't hear me say that. But you also can say that we are created to fear. All right? Everybody fears. But the question is, is what are you going to fear? Or even more precisely, who are you going to fear? And all through scripture, we are taught, fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. And there has been some bad teaching from a lot of people and a lot of churches that want to dismiss fearing the Lord because they don't know how to put that into their theological box. So they water it down and they even teach that, you know what, you really don't have to fear the Lord in like a trembling kind of way because we believe in Jesus Christ and through Christ our sins are forgiven and therefore we can come to the throne confidently and we can worship God and we don't have to fear him. Yes and amen to all that, all right? That's scriptural. That, that is true. When Christ arose from the grave, the veil was torn and now we, can, we don't have to go to a priest anymore to herald up our prayers or our wants or our needs and then him take it to God. No, now that the curtain has been, the veil has been torn in half, we can worship God directly and we can go to his throne with confidence, the word says. But, but what do we do with fear the Lord. We are called to fear the Lord. I, first of all, it's a struggle for everybody. And for me, you know, I'm not, I'm not above this. Like, yeah, I have fears, especially, I mean, there's a lot going on right now in my life and my family's life. Um, and there's a lot we could fear, but God's been gracious. And, and you know what? I'm trying to be faithful to, I'm trying to be faithful to Christ in all of this. So, I want to talk to you guys about putting our fear in the right place. Um, you know, the worst thing that could ever happen to us is if we would die apart from Jesus Christ. And if we'd have to face God on Judgment Day, which we all will, without Him without Jesus being our advocate, without Jesus being our 
uh, perpetuation of our sin. Without Jesus, Jesus's righteousness covering us, um, that that that's something to fear. Like that is the number one thing that everybody should be fearful of. And I know that a lot of times we want to forget the fact that there is a spiritual warfare going on. And in that spiritual realm, they have done a great job of getting our minds off of that, putting our minds on other things to really, that isn't our biggest fear on a day-to-day basis, is it? Another fear that we should fear, and I'm talking trembling fear, and I'm even talking as a Christian now, um, is that we will persevere to the end, that we will not fold, that we will not cave, that we will not compromise our faith, but we will run this race and run the whole race and run it faithfully until the day we die, until the Lord calls us home. And that is something that we should tremble in, in fear in the Lord, of the Lord as well. You know, we want to fear all these means and circumstances, but we don't give it much thought to fear the cause of those means, the ones who brings those those means and those consequ- or those circumstances to fruition, and that is God. In John Calvin's commentary, when Jacob is wrestling with God and uh, they wrestle all night, God touches his hip and he walks with a limp after that. He is the antagonizer in wrestling with Jacob. And if we don't have a box for that in our heads on who God is, then we don't understand the whole counsel of God. We want to package God in this cute little box that he is for us and that that he loves us no matter what and that he would never allow us to go through anything too terrible in life. Now, there are promises in Scripture that says that His grace will be sufficient, but we could and we will most likely go through troubled times, horrific times. There could be some horrific things that happen to us in the near future just for being a faithful Christian. I mean, we see uh, cancel culture just running rampant right now. If you speak anything against homosexuality, gay marriage, um, transgenderism, if you say Black Lives Matter is not a righteous organization and what they're doing is not godly, you get canceled just like that. Well, I just said it, so we'll see what happens. But to be faithful. And, and you know what? That causes us once want to shy away. It causes us want to, to hide in a corner. It causes us to not want to engage anymore. Why? Why is that? It's because of fear. And that's why I want to talk to you about fear today. Is because I am seeing a lot of brothers and sisters living in fear. And I see it every day. And I pray and I hope that everybody's repenting of it on a daily basis, but I don't see outspoken Christians in my community talking truth, heralding the gospel, shouting from a mountaintop, being salt that we live. I mean, I know not everybody listening here lives in my community, but take this and apply it to your community. What are you seeing? 
I'm seeing a lot of Christians living in fear. I see a lot of Christians that have more fear of man than fear of God. And that's a problem. And it's sinful. And we need to repent of it. I mean, most of you guys would say that, man, you know, I don't even know what you'll say, actually. I mean, that's another thing. The fear goes both ways, right? You know, I see a lot of people and they're really nice to my face. They'll shake my hand. But what are they saying behind your back, my back? You know, we really don't know, but we can't worry about that. Yeah. That's my um, Hodge Twins impersonation. I want to encourage you guys to be courageous and strong for the gospel. To not lose your saltiness. To be a city on the hill, a light shining forth. Our fellow neighbors, our fellow men and women need it now more than ever. We're called to pick up our cross and to die. For those of us who love this life will lose it, but those who lose their life for my sake will gain it. Um, That's the call to the Christian life. And I want this post to be encouraging. I want, or this podcast, I want this to be encouraging, but I also, I, I want us to reflect and to look at our hearts and are we really living a Christian life in these troubled times? We've never lived in a society that where we couldn't really speak the truth and have so much pushback, so much uh, repercussions on saying things that that aren't supposed to be said anymore. We are in this stage of persecution. We really are. You speak up. You speak up on your conscience and what you believe. And you speak up on what the Bible teaches. You get canceled. You get your business shut down. You get mocked. I was just engaging with somebody on Facebook today because somebody was trying to troll me. It it rarely works. I rarely ever get too riled over a Facebook comment. Um, It's just something that, by the grace of God, doesn't bother me all that much. It really doesn't bother me on what people say or think. And praise God for that because I wouldn't be able to stand strong and I wouldn't be able to be faithful if I did because I'd be serving man and having fear of man over fear of the Lord. Um, And so today, I don't even know how what she started was saying, but she was saying something about how... um, Oh, she gave me a bad review. You know, it's amazing. When we were open in our barbecue restaurant, we were had amazing reviews. And anybody here and anybody who followed us be, prior to us getting shut down knows that. Um, we were we had great food. We did a we we did a good job and we took pride in our work and we really were trying to do it to the glory of God. And we weren't perfect. Anybody who worked with me on a day in and day out basis definitely could tell you that. And I'm not even claiming that I am better than anybody because I'm not. I am a wretched man who is saved by grace. And that's what it is, honestly. Um, anything good in me is Christ. That, that That's the bottom line. So... Um, having said that, you know, she gave me a bad review. Uh, well, I got on her page and I looked her up just to see, and it's always the same people. It's the black lives matter and the LGBTQ and the Antifa crowd. They're all the same people. All right. It's crazy. You guys need to know this. 
they're all the same people. The BLM, LGBTQ, and Atifa are the same group of people. They just wear different hats whenever they need to wear the different hat. And what's funny about that is my restaurant, which is my wife and I's restaurant, she was the sole owner in it, okay? And there's reasons for that I'm not going to get into right now. My wife owned the restaurant, and she is the only small business in our county that has a minority uh, black owner. So we got the BLMs coming after us, but in reality, the only black entrepreneur small business in this community is the one that got shut down by a bunch of white people, which we don't view it like that because we believe in truth. We know why we got shut down. We're not pointing fingers and blaming because call pulling the race card because that would be a lie. And we are called not to live by lies. But that's also the reason we got shut down is because we refuse to live by lies. But the irony in it is the only business in this, I don't know about in the state, I think so in the state that I know of, and especially in our county and in our city that got shut down was owned by an African-American woman. Hmm. Wrap your heads around that one, LGBTQ, BLM, and Tifa. Yeah. You know what? Um, it doesn't bother me. When we, when we, uh, I think when we got shut down on August 28th, we posted something and it took off. And for some reason, I'm not sure how all the, um, how it all works, but at some point it triggers that crowd. All right. When you reach enough people, and at that point, I think we we're well over 200,000 people. We was being reached by our post. You trigger that crowd and that crowd comes at you and they come at you hard in all kinds of different directions. And it got to the point where, and I wasn't, I wasn't editing or blocking any comments at that point. I wasn't, um, I wasn't doing any of that. I, I was letting freedom of speech reign, <laughs> so to speak. But it made people in my community uncomfortable. And I was getting these emails and these private messages on Facebook. Hey, will you please take this post down? I, you know, the, the, the main common point that everybody was making is I think you reached everybody you need to reach. And there's people on there that are just talking really nasty and saying really vile things. And you know what? I did take that post down because of um, what people were that I knew in this community were messaging me, but I, I've always regretted it because it's time for my community and the citizens of my county to be faithful Christians. And that's the world we live in right now. That is society. And we can't put our heads in the sand and act like it's not happening. And we can't worship our comfort and our safety any longer. We need to, just like we need to put our fear in the right place, we need to put our worship in the right place. We need to worship God and fear God. And from that, we go out and we be soldiers for Christ. And we herald the gospel. And we push back just like they push back. And I'm not talking physically, violently at all. 
I'm talking we push back with truth, God's truth. And as I was talking, going back and forth, you can, if you go to uh, our Facebook page and look under, uh, I don't even know, it's one of the, the podcast posts, I believe, might be the abortion one. That's where our interchange happened today. But when you push back with truth, they flee. They run because they don't stand on truth. They stand on autonomy, their truth. And their truth is a foundation that crumbles quick because it's a foundation built on sand. And the Bible says when the rain comes and the waves slap up against it, it crumbles. But our foundation Christian is built on a rock, the rock, the rock, Jesus Christ. And nothing, especially Facebook comments and words, those are that that's that's minor league stuff. All right. If we can't handle that, then we need to really pray, turn to God and pray for courage and for steadfastness and for boldness. And long-suffering, because that is what's in store for us Christians going forward. We will either compromise or we will remain faithful. And I see two areas right now to where we could gird up our loins and start repenting for some common sin that is in all of us. And that is who we worship and who we fear. And where we place that fear. And so I just want to encourage everybody listening to this to place that fear in God. And we should fear God. God is the giver and he is the taker. He is the creator and he's the destroyer. He can do what he wills to anybody at any time. But he's also a God of love and he has attributes. And one of his attributes or a couple of his attributes are grace and mercy. He's a merciful God. He's a gracious God. But that doesn't mean we stop fearing him. We should tremble that we stay faithful. That, I mean, that's something we should fear, that we will not stay faithful. Maybe we haven't been faithful. Maybe you're listening to this and saying, you know what? That's me. I am a coward. I don't want to be. I want to be a faithful child of God, and I want to live my life out, and I want to run this race, and when I die, I want God to tell me, well done, good and faithful servant. But at the same time, living in reality day to day, you're scared to death, and you're fearing man, you're fearing sickness, and you're allowing your fear to be misplaced. Repent, turn to Christ, take it to the Lord. Talk to him. Confess your sins. He is just and faithful to forgive us of all our iniquities. And he will. And he will grow us. And he will be faithful to us. We're the ones who are not faithful to him. But he promises us that he will never leave us or forsake us. And so we need to hold on to those truths in these times. And we need to not live by lies. Okay? We we can't spread falsehoods. We can't go along with falsehoods as Christians. We need to fight against that stuff. We need to be beacons of truth because your neighbor and your community and the people that you interact with, whether you live by them or work with them, 
they need you more they need God more than ever and they need you to be faithful more than ever because whether you want to act like things are normal or things are going to be fine they'll play themselves out it always has been done that's that's something i hear all the time too is you know what it always works its way out it, it always works out good in the end we've been a country now for 250 plus years we've went through 45 presidents and you know what it just ebbs and flows so that is putting your trust in things of this world okay if you do not recognize or discern or realize that we are under judgment right now from god as a nation and as a world it's worldwide realize it and stop hiding stop cowering stop putting your head in the sand and let's go out and let's spread the gospel the most loving thing you can do is tell someone the gospel tell someone about jesus christ and not just any jesus christ but the jesus christ of the bible you know Again, we get pushed back all the time on, well, Jesus would never do this. Jesus wouldn't act like you act. And, and you know what? Yes and amen to some of that. I am a sinful man, and I am not perfect. And and uh, I know that. And believe me, I recognize it, and I have to repent all the time, every day, for my sinfulness. Martin Luther says, the Christian life is one of repentance, Okay. Repentance ain't a one-time thing. It's an everyday thing. Sometimes it's an every hour thing. Sometimes it's an every minute thing. So we need to repent. And, and we, need to, we need to go out and to the public, to our neighbors, to our workplace, and we need to tell them the gospel. And we need to tell them the correct gospel, the gospel of the Bible. Going back to now, I just remember what I was saying. Uh, going back... You know, Jesus never said that. You know, red letter Christianity. Well, Jesus never talked about that. Jesus never condemned that. I know there are a lot of ministries out there. In fact, there is a ministry out there called Red Letter Christianity. And I, 15 years ago, I bought into a hook, line, and sinker. Well, in 2 Timothy, it says this. And the problem with red letter, letter Christianity is that um, it, it pits Scripture against Scripture. And it puts God's Word against God's Word. And it puts the Holy Spirit against the Holy Spirit. When you're singling out just what Jesus Christ said in the red letters, you're saying that is more important than the rest of God's Word. And we really don't get to know God and who God is and who the real Jesus is until we take the whole Bible, Genesis to Revelation, and we realize that there is a thing called the whole counsel of God. In Genesis or in 2 Timothy 3:16, it says it this way: All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. 17 says that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So you know what? Jesus did speak out against it. You know how I know that? Because Jesus in, or in John 1, uh, John 1, 1 says it this way. 
And this is just interpreting Scripture with Scripture, and that's what we have to do as Christians to learn the whole counsel of God. And you can't pit the, the you can't pit Jesus against God the Father. You can't pit the Holy Spirit against Jesus, and you can't pit Jesus against uh, God. I think I said that right. It says this, John one. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And if you go down to verse 14, it says this, And the Word became flesh. Okay, so that word we just read about in John 1 1, the word that um, was in the beginning, and the, the word was with God and was God, it says this And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So, you know what? Jesus is all through Scripture, from Genesis to Revelations. You see him tucked away in the Old Testament. And, and Paul talks about it a lot. And he talks about it being a mystery. Okay, But now that the mystery has come, which was Christ, we can go back to the Old Testament and we can see Christ tucked away in that, all through the Old Testament. From Genesis all the way to uh, Malachi, you, you see Christ tucked away in Judges and Ruth and Kings and Samuel. Everything's about Christ from Genesis to Revelations. It's pointing to Christ and his b- birth, his life, his death, and his resurrection. And it's pointing back to the cross from that moment. That's what Scripture is all about. People were saved in the Old Testament the same way they were saved in the New. In the same way we are saved. It's through God's grace and His mercy. Abraham, it was counted him righteousness. Or he was counted righteous. There's nothing Abraham did, but he, he, he believed in the promise to come. He believed in Christ. And so when we start seeing the whole counsel of God, and we start reading it that way, we see real, cl- real clearly how... We should fear God, how we should speak the truth, and we should not be afraid of man. So I just want to encourage you guys to fear God and fear him rightly. And we should tremble, even though we are saved. And even though Christ's righteousness does cover us, and all our iniquities, past, present, and future sins are forgiven. That is true. But there's also fear that we should have because God is sovereign And we should fear that. And we should constantly be praying on our hearts, for our hearts. Our hearts are deceiving. They deceive ourselves. We can't tell where somebody else's heart is. We can see their fruits, and we could get an idea. But we can't even tell our own hearts sometimes. Our own hearts deceive us. That's why we have to go back to the objective truth, which is the Word. All right, That never changes. That stays the same. That is the foundation. That is the rock. And that's what everything needs to be gauged from. And, and when we sit there and we, we're reflecting 
on our thinking in our life? Does it line up with Scripture? Is it the God that we say we love, the same God that the Scripture tells us who that God is? And what's happening in America and probably all over the world is we're creating a God that we want to, we're creating a fictitious God on who we want him to be rather than who he says he is. The moment we allow that to happen into our lives, we get derailed and our faith is worthless and we become worthless because when we start fighting for the wrong things, we don't start fighting for, we don't, we don't start fighting or keep fighting for truth. We start fighting for lies and we live by lies. Having said all that, um, there's a couple books that I would recommend, um, apart from the word that has really grown my, grown my faith here over the last few months. I have had a lot of time to read. Um, I've had a lot of time to, to do a lot of things, um, and reading is one of them. And one of the books that is just amazing, and it will challenge your faith, it will strengthen your faith, and it will bring truth to a bunch of lies we're hearing right now in this country, the cultural Marxism that's going on, the lies that are being fed, this critical race theory that's overthrowing the churches right now. What a lie. What a lie that is and how devastating that is to the gospel. And that book that I am talking about is called Strong and Courageous, Following Jesus Amid the Rise of America's New Religion by Tom Askell and Jared Longshore. You can only find this book at Founders Ministry, founders.org. It's not on Amazon. I bet Amazon would even sell it. But if you want a book that is biblically based on truth, and very uh, just good content on uh, where America is at now, where the church is at now, and what we as faithful soldiers for Christ need to be doing. This book is amazing. So, Strong and Courageous, Following Jesus Amid the Rise of America's New Religion by Tom Askell and Jared Longshore. Thank you guys so much for listening. I will be podcasting soon.